Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Hoyer, your host. The United States Conference of Catholic Bishops recently proclaimed this Sunday, November 26th, as a day of prayer for persecuted Christians. And this day of prayer actually initiates an entire week called Solidarity in Suffering. It's a week of awareness and education on the plight of Christians who are persecuted and suffering. Of course, most of them are in the area that this program is very concerned with, the Eastern Churches. Eastern Catholic churches, Eastern Orthodox churches, not the only people suffering from the things that we all know so well, as we see in the news that are happening in the Middle East. But in particular, it is Catholics and Christians, Eastern Catholics, who are suffering greatly. Recently, also, a report came out that was compiled by ACN, which is Aid to the Church in Need. This is a papal agency. And this is a summary of the findings. I'm going to be referring to this document during this program. They say that in almost all the countries reviewed in this brochure, it's kind of like a magazine, this, this summary of findings, the situation of the Christians has declined since 2005 as a result of violence and oppression. The one exception is Saudi Arabia, where the situation was already so bad it could scarcely get any worse. Now, let's look at some of these areas, according to this document by the Aid to the Church in Need. In Iraq, the exodus of Christians has continued to be very severe, but there is hope on the horizon with communities returning to their homes. The same exodus is threatening the survival of Christianity in parts of Syria, including Aleppo, formerly home to one of the largest Christian communities in the whole of the Middle East. Daesh, which is the Middle Eastern term for ISIS, and other Islamic militant groups have committed genocide in Syria and Iraq. Now, this part is very sobering. It's one of the reasons I'm speaking to you about it on our program today, especially in light of this season of Advent, or as we say in the Eastern churches, Philippovka or Philip's Fast, where our thoughts, well, let's face it, our thoughts are turned to the Middle East, where our Lord God and Savior became incarnate, right? To Bethlehem, 
is the Middle East. So our thoughts are turned in that direction, especially to those suffering Christians. Now listen to this statistic. Governments in the West and the UN failed to offer Christians in countries such as Iraq and Syria the emergency help they needed as genocide got underway. If Christian organizations and other institutions had not filled the gap, the Christian presence could already have disappeared in Iraq and other parts of the Middle East. The defeat of Daesh and other Islamists in major strongholds of the Middle East offers the last hope of recovery for Christian groups threatened with extinction. Many would not survive another similar violent attack. Daesh affiliate Boko Haram has carried out genocide against Christians in northern Nigeria. Christians have suffered increased violence and oppression as a result of a rise in religious nationalism in India. For example, persecution has risen sharply since the 2004 rise to power of the right-wing Hindu nationalist Bharatiya Janata Party, abbreviated BJP. And this is led by Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Now in China, the president there has described Christianity as a foreign infiltration. Increased hostility to church communities accused of resisting government control has resulted in the widespread removal of crosses from the churches and the destruction of church buildings. Some regional authorities have banned Christmas trees and greeting cards. Now, the worst case of all seems to be North Korea. Unspeakable atrocities against Christians include enforced starvation, abortion, and reports of faithful being hung on crosses over a fire and others being crushed under a steamroller. Now, this is just the summary page of this report. Further on, this report says this. In April 2017, the Pew Research Center released a report showing that the number of countries where Christians fell victim to government restrictions and social hostilities grew from 108 in 2014 to 128 the following year. In its World Watch Monitor report covering 2016, Open Doors, an organization supporting persecuted Christians, found that more than 200 million Christians in the 50 countries where it is most difficult to be a Christian experience persecution because of the faith. Other sources claim that the true figure for 2016 may be as high as 600 million. Although the precise number of Christians persecuted for their faith remains unclear, reports showing a fall in the number of deaths during the period under review to below 100,000, nevertheless highlight that the violence against followers of Jesus Christ remains severe. In 12 of the 13 countries reviewed, the situation for Christians was worse in overall terms in the period 2015 to 2017 than within the preceding two years. In terms of the numbers of people involved, the gravity of the crimes committed and their impact, it is clear that the persecution of Christians is today worse than at any time in history. I'm going to repeat that. The persecution of Christians is today worse than at any time in history. Not only are Christians more persecuted than any other faith group, but ever-increasing numbers are experiencing the very worst forms of persecution. I'm going to read further on in this report from the Aid to the Church in Need. And by the way, you can acquire this, even electronic version, by going to this website, usccb.org forward slash middle hyphen east hyphen Christians. That's usccb.org forward slash middle hyphen east hyphen Christians. 
you can get this document, which is actually called Persecuted and Forgotten. It's a question mark. Persecuted and Forgotten. Taken as a whole, the evidence proves conclusively that Christians in Syria and Iraq have fallen victim to genocide, as defined by the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, as adopted by the United Nations. The evidence is consistent with an intent to destroy in whole or in part the Christian community and meets all the indicators set out by the Convention, any one of which is sufficient to be proof of genocide. Now, we know that this is happening in Syria and Iraq, but we're not as aware of it happening in other countries too, such as Nigeria and also in countries like China and, as I mentioned, North Korea. When an aid to the church in need delegation visited northern Nigeria in March of 2017, church leaders had in them a dossier showing that in one diocese alone, Kafanchan, within five years, 988 people had been killed and 71 Christian-majority villages had been destroyed, as well as 2,712 homes and 20 churches. In Maiduguri, formerly the Boko Haram heartland, the diocesan officials report that 1.8 million people had been displaced. 5,000 women had become widows, and 15,000 children were now orphans. Damage had been done to 200 churches and chapels, as well as 35 presbyteries and parish centers. Now, I'm going to mention what's happening in North Korea. In North Korea, there is something called Songbun. It's a social stratification system. Determines access to necessities such as food, education, and health care based on people's position in one of 51 potential categories, which signify greater or lesser loyalty to the regime. Those in lower categories are classified as hostile to the state, and at the bottom of those categories are Catholics. Now, China is going to pick up a very similar type of system. And part of the narrative presented by the president of China is that Christianity is a means of foreign infiltration. In other words, they look at Christians, especially Catholics, as spies. And you may know that there is actually two levels of Catholic Church in China. One is, is the Catholic Church officially recognized by the Vatican, which is actually an underground church. The other one is what we might call the illegitimate Catholic Church, because it's controlled by the state, by the communist government. We're going to talk more about the tragedy of Christian persecution, Christians being persecuted in worse and greater numbers than ever before in history. And this is actually very relevant for our preparation for Christmas, because one of the things we focus on, of course, during the whole Christmas season is after Christ's birth, where we have the slaughter of innocents where from the very beginning, with Christ himself as a baby, Christianity was persecuted. And we know that story, and it's famous, they slaughter the innocents. Yet at the same time, worse is being done in our day and age. And for the most part, we are not aware of it, and we are not responding to it. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright.
I'm Father Thomas Loya, and I'm inviting you to Christmas on the Prairie. Come and hear the story of the real St. Nicholas and take a ride with him in his own horse-drawn carriage. Saturday evening, December 2nd, from 2 to 6 p.m., an indoor and outdoor family event. Experience the beauty of a Byzantine church, and homemade Christmas bake sale items are available. Christmas on the Prairie at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, 14610 Wilcook Road in Homer Glen, Illinois. Saturday, December 2nd, from 2 to 6 p.m., you're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East, and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. 60491 and may God grant you Welcome back to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. Before I go any further, I want to be able to remind you that we are in the Advent period, as I mentioned. In the Eastern churches, we call it the Philip's Fast. And it is a time of, well, exactly that. Fasting, penance, prayer, increased charity. And that means increased awareness for those who, very much, for those who are very much in need of our charity. I'm going to refer to one more section in this summary report called Persecuted and Forgotten by the Aid to Churches in Need. And it says this, At a time in the West when there is increasing media focus on the rights of people regardless of gender, ethnicity, or sexuality, to name but a few, it is ironic that in many sections of the media there should be such limited coverage of the massive persecution experienced by so many Christians. It shows that not only is Christianity still the world's most oppressed faith community, but also that in many cases, genocide and other crimes against humanity now mean that the church in core countries and regions faces the possibility of imminent wipeout. Imminent wipeout. Can you imagine? Now, we mentioned how many places are persecuting Christians around the world. There's some we didn't even mention. We didn't go into it in enough time. Maybe for another time we'll do that. But even countries such as Eritrea, which is in Africa, it's, it's incredible when you read the reports of what's going on. So what can we do? We're not doing enough, as you heard from the report, and that's the fact. But here at Light of the East, we want to do our part. And one of the ways that we do that is we have connected ourselves for quite some time now with a very worthy individual and organization that is very hands-on in helping these persecuted Christians, especially in Iraq and Syria, 
Her name is Juliana Tamarazzi, and she is with the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Welcome once again to Light of the East, Juliana. Thank you for having me on, Father. It's an honor to be back here with you. Honor to have you with us. I'm glad you're still with us. I'm glad you're still doing your doing your good work, <laughs> <laughs> which takes a lot of courage on your part, a lot of tenacity. I'm sure there's a lot of ups and downs to it, a lot of uh, joys, a lot of disappointments, too, like anything worthwhile. Now, you heard the first part of the program where I was referring to the information from this very informative little booklet called Persecuted and Forgotten by the Aid of Churches in Need. You would confirm everything I, that you heard me say, wouldn't you? And also, you would probably add to that as well, right? So tell us your experience, how you see things, what you know about the situations. Absolutely. Father, as you know, uh, Iraqi Christian Relief Council has been in existence since 2007, and you were uh, the first priest and the first radio program that gave us the opportunity to be exposed and really do the work that we're doing today, so I'm forever indebted for that. I do travel to the region a great deal. Uh, I have been to Iraq. I've been multiple times to Jordan. Mm. Um, my team has gone to Turkey and as well as to Lebanon. And everything that you read is true. And what what we try to do at the Iraqi Christian Relief Council is really to paint a human face to every report that you just read mm -hmm. and paint uh, and attach names to those statistics that you just spoke mm -hmm. of. Um the situation is far, far worse than this report even is saying because because we do see uh, the people's faces. We hear, we see their tears. We hear their stories firsthand. And truly, the church is starting just now to wake up. But Father, it is starting to be so late. I'm afraid to be honest with you to say it is absolutely late because nothing is late for God. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure He has a plan through it all. But the, the dwindling number of Christians in the Middle East is alarming. I'll give you an example of Iran. You know, I'm an Iranian-born Assyrian Catholic. Back in the 1980s when I was in Iran, we had about 90,000 Assyrian Christians there. Today, we have 7,000. This is just in a matter of 25, 30 years that over 80,000 people, 85,000 people have left Iran. Hmm. Iraq. In 2003, we have we had one and a half million Assyrian, Chaldeans, and Syriacs there. Today, we have barely 200,000 left, and I'm being very generous when I say that. I, along with most advocates such as myself, believe in order for us to have a stable Middle East, we have to have a strong Christian community. Yes. And this is why I've worked tirelessly for the last 10 years, dedicating my entire life, sacrificing so much for the, this. Juliana, the refugee camps, they still exist, right? The only refugee camps that there are that are Christian-based are in northern Iraq. In mm. Jordan, in Lebanon, and Turkey, people have lived in terrible conditions, in slums, in mm. cities like Amman and, and uh, Beirut and mm -hmm. small, small Muslim towns in Turkey. Uh, the number of people still trapped in those slums is skyrocketing. So for example, mm. about 40,000 Assyrian Syriac Catholic Christians are in Turkey. They've been forced to live in small towns that they have to pretend to be Muslim to be able to eat because they have to go to mosque, to the local mosque mm. to collect food, or Muslim NGOs and non-governmental organizations give food to these people. And if they knew they were Muslim, they would not provide them with that food. Um, similar in Jordan. In Jordan, they don't have to hide their Christianity, but the aid doesn't get to them because they are not registered as refugees through the United Nations Higher Commission on Refugees, UNHCR. That adds to their pain 
financially, economically, and also they're trapped in there because they're not being mobilized mm -hmm. to be resettled in other countries. And, and see, we're going to have a humanitarian disaster, even perhaps generations to come, in in the sense that these people are not they're not being educated, right? Exactly. Kids are not going to school. So they'll be less able to do things. So that means they'll probably be jobless and exactly. joblessness and poverty. We know what that creates. It creates gangs and violence. And I mean, there, it's just unimaginable what's, what, what is still yet to come from this. Absolutely. Not only is it a disaster currently, but the fallout from this could be something the world is going to live with for a long time. I understand that the Christians in these countries where there has been the invasion, the dominance of ISIS, Daesh, and so on, uh, and, and oppression by Islamic forces, that they give Christians three choices. They convert to Islam, or they pay this very heavy tax, or three, they're killed. Correct. And this is what they face. Correct. And uh, when we were in Iraq, we uh, met people. And I, although I know the, the answer, but I was recording this woman, and I asked her, why is it that you did not convert to Islam when Daesh was mm -hmm. at your doorstep? And she became really irate with irate with me. She get, became very angry, and I have it on tape. And she said, how could you even ask that? And she um, uh, showed the sign of the beheading with her hand. And oh. she said, even if they beheaded me, I would never convert to Islam. So their faith is strong. And many of them have told me our faith has grown stronger because mm -hmm. of these atrocities. There are those that are falling into depression, Father. So yes. what you, you put your finger at the pulse of, very much at the pulse of things. The fallout from this is technically a humanitarian breakdown. And and although there are many who are witnessing to the faith, obviously, at the same time that those who are, and understandably so, but regrettably so, they've lost their faith, right? Yes. I mean, it's easy for someone to say, where is God in all of this? You know? Yes, if you, if you um, know anything about Israel, 60% of the Jews in Israel are now secular or atheists because of what happened during the Holocaust time. Hmm. Uh, they have become grown angry, um, saying, Lord, are we the chosen ones? We don't want to be chosen ones because mm. where were you when we needed you, when we were crying out to you as we were being gassed? You yeah. know? So, um, so unfortunately, I have to tell you that a lot of young, not a lot, but some young men, Christian men in the Middle East are saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Where are you and how long you will continue this? Because ever since we converted to Christianity, at first in the hands of the Persians, Zoroastrians, and then mm -hmm. under Islam, we have paid a heavy price for being Christian. So, but um, but majority are still holding on to their faith. Uh, there is an element here, Father, of loss of ethnicity as well. So mm -hmm. as people migrate to the West, Yes. The Aramaic language that we speak today mm -hmm. is on the verge of death. <laughs> so there are many reasons why there are those that want to leave and come to the West because they're extremely tired, Father, of yes. being chased and killed and their families are missing. I stuff. can't imagine it. Julia, what can our listeners do to help you? Father, your listeners have been most generous, and I come once again to appeal to them to um, reach out deep in their hearts and make some financial sacrifices. What we're doing right now is we're raising funds for food and for heating mm -hmm. uh, because northern Iraq is cold in the winter and their winter first begins with rain and then it continues into March, uh, end of uh, February. And we're, um, for example, I'll give you some numbers. A family of four to five is fed with $100 for the whole month. 
So if your listeners would donate a hundred dollars, they would feed a family of four to five for the whole month. The food in the the food type that is go that goes into the parcels is um, dried meat, canned food, um, uh, pasta, and etc. And how can they donate? They can go to victimsofisis.org, victimsofisis.org, or iraqichristianrelief.org, and you can donate there. You can, you know, Father, I have to tell you, people can even become monthly donors as little as $10. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't make a difference to us in this beautiful country of ours in the United States, but it makes a huge world of difference, even if somebody would donate $10 a month, mm-hmm. let alone if they would give 50 75 or $100 a month. Well, Juliana, we're very happy to have you here, and we're very proud of you. We pray for you, for your work and your safety, <laughs> your Thank health you. and salvation, as we say in the Eastern churches. And once again, people can donate to your worthy cause, and this would be a very worthy thing to do during this time of Advent, as we do focus on that land where our Lord and Savior came, where he incarnated himself among us. And you can help out by going to IraqiChristianRelief.org or VictimsOfIsis.org. Thank you very much, Juliana, for being with us. God bless you and all of your work. And you as well, Father, and all of your listeners. And thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Bishop William Laurie. Hello, this is Bishop Mike Sis from the Diocese of San Angelo, Texas. This is Doug Keck, EW10 President and Chief Operating Officer. Have a blessed Thanksgiving weekend from all of us at the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. (laughs) 